Hello, everybody. This is Brian Dodd, and I have the pleasure of introducing this week's Pursuit of Service podcast on behalf of Jeff Wright. And uh, it's a very special interview. Jeff is going to be interviewing Colonel Peter Schull. And as you know from pre previous podcasts, Jeff was a captain in the U.S. Army Rangers. And about a year ago, uh, Jeff got connected with Colonel Schull and have built, has just built a special relationship with him. And just introduce Colonel Scholl, and then we're going to get to the interview. But Colonel Scholl is the former Deputy Commanding Officer and Task Force Commander at the 75th Ranger Regiment. So obviously, you can tell just by his title, we are, we are talking about a leader amongst leaders here. So we're thrilled to have him on, on this podcast. And he's become a mentor and a friend to Jeff. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up your laptops or get out your pen and paper, however you take notes, because Jeff and Colonel Scholl are gonna be discussing lessons and values that they've learned from serving in the Army. So uh, sit back, take some notes, you're gonna get better as a leader, and enjoy this conversation with Jeff and Colonel Scholl. Colonel Scholl, thanks for uh, joining us today. It's my pleasure, as always. Pursuit of service. Yeah, so we're talking about um, servant leadership and, and ultimately um, how serving others can lead to our own success, both um, personally and in the communities that we're involved with. But let's start with, let's start with just your background, your journey, um, and kind of where you are now and, and what led you here. Okay. Uh, so I was, I was somewhat of a military brat. Um, kind of, I hang my hat, you know, as a hometown, uh, Southern Indiana I was an ROTC grad, uh, coming up, my parents had both served in the military. There was a, a pretty long tradition of military service. So I knew this was something that, that I wanted to, wanted to do myself. I always found my, uh, my passion in the outdoors and, and being active. I always enjoyed team sports and challenges. And so I think it was kind of a natural fit for me uh, to join service. And um, in particular, being a part of the infantry, that is something that I absolutely wanted to do. Um, in the military, my first duty assignment was in Korea uh, back in 19, mid-1990s. The, uh, you know, the only thing that was really going on at that time, you know, we're past the Cold War, was, was, was Korea. So that's, uh, you know, I wanted to go serve in a place where, um, you know, I felt as though I'd be contributing directly to, you know, the, the safety and security of our nation and, and doing something important. So I uh, volunteered. I was originally supposed to go to the 10th Mountain, but I uh, volunteered to switch out with uh, another lieutenant, IOBC, and took the assignment to Korea. Served there for a few years, came back, uh, went to Campbell, uh, served at Campbell. Uh, from there, I uh, deployed a couple times, a couple, three times, actually, went to uh, Kosovo, Afghanistan, and Iraq while I was at, uh, in Iraq, or uh, at 101st, rather. Um, I did the, all the PME stuff, you know, your advanced course, uh, CGSC. Uh, I also served at, at JRTC as well. So I had two opportunities down there, as a matter of fact, um, and I thought that that actually one of the, one of the, uh, things I look back on my career that I'm happy that I did at the time I wasn't too happy about it I don't know too many folks who were excited about going to Fort Polk Louisiana 
uh, but the mission was was fantastic, and I learned a lot about it, um, having the opportunity to observe a lot of units going through um, their rotations there at, at Fort Polk. Uh, I was fortunate to be selected for battalion command. Um, I served at Fort Riley and with what was then the 4th Brigade, 128 Infantry, Black Lions, uh, who gained notoriety back in World War I as being the first unit that General Pershing uh, sent into battle uh, and kind of set the tone for, uh, for you know, the United States, really, truly their, their debut on the, on the battlefield with their, uh, the other European armies and, and did a fantastic job. But I was always proud of uh, my service with uh, the Black Lions. We uh, had an opportunity to deploy over to um, Afghanistan. Uh, back in 2013, and uh, just a phenomenal group. I was blessed. I, I really, truly was blessed with uh, some phenomenal officers and NCOs and junior enlisted guys that I worked with. So, um, also sprinkled in there uh, a couple opportunities to serve with the regiment, and uh, most recently, uh, just about three months ago, I I, uh, I just came out of uh, a regiment serving as the uh, deputy commanding officer over there. Very cool. And for the listeners, that's the uh, 75th Ranger Regiment, which we talked about on previous um, episodes. But well, well, let's start there for the listeners. Um, Colonel Schultz, kind of define who are the Rangers, what's the 75th Regiment, uh, Ranger Regiment, and kind of what makes them special. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, we, might, we might need to be here for at least another week for me to explain all that. But um, if I could distill it down to just a couple of things, I would, I would tell you that it is uh, – First of all, it is the nation's premier light infantry raid force. Um, it is composed of all volunteers from across the Army. Uh, you are not assigned to the Ranger Regiment. Uh, you will go through a rigorous selection and assessment process that begins upon uh, submitting your packet uh, to the organization. So um, <clears throat> most all of the leadership positions in the Ranger Regiment uh, at least for the officer side and, and, and for some of the, uh, the NCO, uh, and, uh, NCO side of the house are second time leadership positions. So, uh, you know, you have to have demonstrated above average performance, um, in your military career to be considered to even go. Uh, and then, uh, again, you'll be, uh, assessed through a selection and assessment process and then placed in the organization just to, it is truly a phenomenal group of individuals uh, that are collected within that organization. Uh, I, I often cite, you know, proverbs of stone sharp as stone. So one man sharpens another and, and, and truly in the range regiment, uh, that is exactly what you get. Awesome. I, I love that. So one theme that I noticed both as you kind of went through your um, journey, your background, and very subtly there is the, the volunteer aspect, the self-selection. So even from your very first assignment, you kind of raise your hand and said, hey, I want to do um, kind of the more dangerous stuff, or I want to do the harder um, assignment and switched out to do so. All the way up through, as you mentioned, the Ranger Regiment is an all-volunteer force. So not only do you have to um, enlist or join the Army, but there's at least two additional volunteer through airborne school and then the ranger selection to get there um so what is it about that common thread for you 
that makes you want to take that additional step, that additional layer of selfless service, both to go to the front, um, serve with the, the best that goes through kind of the toughest selection process and things of like that nature. You know, that's a, that is a very good question. And, you know, I've reflected on this often, you know, why don't we, why don't we gravitate? Um, or why, you know, personally, even why don't I, why don't I take the easier route there? There are things and decisions that I could have made um, in assignments that I could have taken uh, that would have no doubt uh, been, you know, an air quote break uh, or a much easier time. But for whatever reason, I've always wanted to go do these missions that were more challenging. Um, I honestly think that, that it has to do with where I personally find fulfillment. Um, I have always, uh, felt, you know, much more gratification in doing these missions. And even if I wasn't successful, um, or we weren't successful, I've always felt, uh, fulfillment in knowing that, you know, Hey, at least we were the ones who stepped forward to, you know, to attempt to do whatever it was, uh, or we were the one who accepted the challenge. So there's, I think that's part of it. And I think there's also another part that says, of me that I've learned, you know, growing up that if you're going to, if you're going to get better yourself, um, that you've got to take on these, these harder, you know, challenges in life, whatever it may be, you know, whether you, it's in the military or whether it's in civilian life, you've got to put yourself in those situations where you're going to be challenged or else, you know, um, you know, if you're, if you're not, then, then you'll just continue to atrophy and, and bump along and you won't reach your full potential. Fantastic. Um, again, for those listening, um, Colonel Scholl was selected for a number of, of um, very selective commands. Battalion command, he talked about deputy command of the Ranger Regiment, including a number of task force uh, commands um, along the way. So Colonel Scholl, what is, what is Ben kind of, one of the keys or lessons to your success? What's made you successful along those routes to, to kind of get those opportunities to self-select to begin with? Well, I would say first and foremost is you have to be, you, you can't just say that you're going to be a team player. Uh, you have to, you have to demonstrate that it's easy to say, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to absolutely demonstrate to the team that you're willing to sacrifice. Okay. Um, and that, that is absolutely what I've done. I, I, I have, I have, uh, I have internalized that and I have told myself that no matter what uh, the mission is, uh, no matter how small the mission is, that I would, I would execute that, whatever it, whatever it is they ask me to do, I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to hunt down, you know, and, and try to make my own way and, and create, create my own mission, uh, rather, uh, you know, give way with the team and make sure that, that you're supporting the team. And I think that people, um, people will acknowledge that over time and it builds trust and uh, it will ultimately uh, lead to other opportunities that they want to extend to you. Um, 
yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it uh, in a nutshell. If I had to like pick one thing that I've always tried to do, uh, and that's against you know, submit myself to the organization rather than trying to you know, take over, take control, uh, those sorts of things. You know, I, I wasn't actually, I was never selected, you know, to be the regimental commander, but I was afforded those opportunities to lead within the organization uh, because there was a, a level of trust that was extended to me. Pure gold. The, thought, the, the common thread and theme there is that purpose greater than, than yourself. Kind of that service to, you mentioned at the beginning, um, they're out of serving the team and the organiza organization and being truly and generally team focused all the way through to um, the good of an organization of yourself. And that goes back to what you said um, to answer the previous question, which was essentially um, stressing yourself, challenging yourself. Growth comes through discomfort, right? So growth coupled with purpose other than self is what has driven a lot of your opportunity and success. In other words, you didn't go into each of your missions or opportunities with how can I get something out of this? It was, what can I do to serve and give? And that's what's built that trust um, that has afforded you other opportunities that you probably, um, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is, this is a, bit, a bit of a projection, but you probably wouldn't have even understood or seen some of those opportunities if you were kind of looking for them other than what can I give and do right here and right now? Yeah. You know, you and I have had, I, I think we've had this discussion before, but uh, or I know I've made this this comment to you before that, uh, you know, uh, we've all got a mission, right? And um, sometimes uh, you know, things don't work out. You, you don't quite understand what's going on. You know, we always want to be the one who gets picked, you know, to go do the big mission. We always want to win the lottery. Uh, you know, we want to be the one. But uh, I think that Sometimes uh, you just got to let things go and stay focused on, on the here and now and what your duties and responsibilities are right now. And don't forget those. And I, I think that people have a tendency to get distracted and, and want to, you know, want to go and, 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 and try to make something that's just a, maybe even an unnatural fit and they're going to try to force it. And in the process of doing that, um, they lose sight of, again, what they're supposed to be doing, and they don't do that to a high standard. And I think that, in a way, that, that plays against some people. Um, a lot of it is just, you know, hard work and determination. But, again, if you're not focused, uh, you're, you're not going to be able to, to put the energy into the right places. And I truly believe this. Um, you know, I remember when the uh, – this, this whole GWAT global war on terrorism kicked off and, you know, everybody was in a rush to kind of get to the forward, forward edge of the battlefield, right. Wanted to be involved and wanted to, to take the fight to the enemy. And, uh, and initially, uh, one of the other companies in the battalion got selected to go and I felt really bad about that. Um, but then I also realized that, Hey, um, when when it is time you're going to be there whether you want to or not so stay focused on what you're doing right now make sure that you're you know for me at the time it was 
making sure that the company's ready to go and that they're trained to the, you know, the highest standard that I can possibly train them to. And you know what, if I'm not the one who takes them, that's okay. Cause my job is to make sure that these guys are trained and ready to go. And I'll, I'll tell you, it ended up, uh, I did get deployed. Um, in fact, I, my first deployment was December of 2001. Uh, and I think, uh, because I wasn't, uh, getting no, you know, worked up and concentrating on why are we not going and, you know, trying to make a, a case to, to make sure that our company went too. I think because I went back and I focused on the company and made sure that we were straight. I think that's one of the things that, you know, played well for us, um, to eventually get deployed overseas. That's brilliant. I mean, distraction on what, you know, what one desires or what one thinks is best can, can kind of be your worst enemy. Um, and, and ultimately what I've noticed in, in my path is where I get distracted with those things that I want the next thing that tends to be for selfish reasons. Like, okay, Hey, this is what I want to happen. Maybe it's for my benefit or maybe it's for the organizations too, but ultimately it's a selfish perception at the least. Um, versus like you said, the here and the now let's, uh, let's be ready. And, you know, let's, have that situation where when opportunity meets preparedness, we're ready. We have that preparedness. And ultimately, you know, we can control what we can control. Um, and we need to choose to have faith in the grander plan anyway. Right. You know, it's interesting. I kind of go off on a tangent here, but the, uh, we always, you know, we always want to tell people, Hey, make sure you're taking care of yourself, taking care of yourself. And, you know, you're getting sleep, you're eating right, so on and so forth. But, um, and that is important. But I think when we start making life decisions based on us, vice on, you know, either your family or your, you know, your place of, of duty or your community, I think when we start making the decisions, the big decisions based on what we want, like you just said, that is where we, that's where we find folly. That's where we find error. It, it's when, it's when we're stepping back and looking at, at the environment and making the decisions, the best decisions we can based upon our family, our community, you know, on our duty, our responsibility. When we're prioritizing those, that's when we're making good, sound decisions. Definitely. I think it's a great idea for, for people to personally write out a personal mission statement. Yeah. I mean, that takes reflection. That takes time to think through um, and a level of effort to actually write that out to determine their personal purpose, which can serve as a guidepost, you know, through the different dis distractions of this is going on, that's going on, this popped up, I could do this, or I could do that, or this happened, and I don't like it, or I didn't have this opportunity, and I don't like that. Well, it all goes back down to that personal statement or that personal mission, um, which all comes down to purpose, like we were saying before. Yeah, you said writing it down. I tell you what. Um, I would even encourage, you know, I'm, I'm here at the uh, captain's career course as the director. And, uh, you know, I encourage our guys to be, you know, note takers, uh, voracious note takers, write everything down, organize your thoughts on paper. Um, I think you're exactly right. When we do that with the big things, even though in the micro in our day to day activities, I find that if you're doing those sorts of things and maybe you're even linking it back to your goals and your objectives, you know, what you're writing down in your little notebook right there, 
but as you write those daily objectives and, and whatnot, and then you get in the habit of referencing back to those things, it almost becomes your compass, you know, to get through the day and to ensure that you don't end up at the end of the day and say, oh, geez, you know, here I am again. What did I accomplish, right? Um, yeah, you're, you're dead on. I, it's, it, you need to write those things down. You can't just think about them. You've got to write them down. And that's in the It's a lost art. Yeah, it's a lost art and discipline to actually write things down in kind of a digital age, but yeah. there's just something so pure and basic about making you do it or committing to do it that provides value. I don't know, but I suspect uh, that there's a little bit of neuroscience involved in it. I know that memories are formed based upon the senses, and you can look at something, you can hear something, uh, you know, and then you can also go through a, a you know, a mechanical uh, motion of doing something. So you bring all of those senses together, even, you know, just the, the, the writing it down will also help you know, put it into your memory and put it into the forefront of your mind as you're kind of making your way through life. Yeah. I bet there is too. That's interesting. Um, shifting gears a little bit. And, and again, for the listen, listeners, it, it may be difficult to really um, understand the level of success and prestige of Colonel Scholl's path here um, and what has brought you here. But let's turn the dial a little bit and look forward um, so as you think about that personal mission um, and some of the principles that, that we've discussed today, what is it that you're thinking about now? What does the future entail for you in terms of um, that community focus, that organization focus on how you can um, stay focused on giving back to the team, whatever the team may be? Yeah, that's, it's interesting as I kind of reflect myself on, on, you know, and I don't know that I've even purposely thought through it, but all my, my big ambitions in life for, for what I want to do next revolve around um, giving back, you know, either improving the community. I'm really excited about maybe an opportunity when I finally settle down somewhere and I'm not living this nomadic lifestyle that I could actually be a part of the community and contribute and help make things better around me. Um, and as I look at, hey, what sorts of, of potential companies that I want to work for and, and what's important to me when you know, I do find that work, having sat down and, and really gone through the exercise of thinking about that, I've realized that purpose is going to be a big factor that drives where I end up going in terms of finding work. And then also too, just, you know, will it, will it put me in the right place so that I can lay down those roots, so to speak, and, and find that community. So, you know, there's money, there's, uh, you know, and then there's mission and then location, right? And uh, I would tell you that out of those three, purpose in my work is going to be probably the most important. And the other thing is, I know personally through our conversation relationship on some of the community-focused stuff that, that you're thinking about and constantly pouring into within even the military and specifically the ranger community. So talk through some of the things that uh, you're envisioning there. Well, you know, I always want to be connected back to this, you know, just incredible group of, of uh, young men and women. And I want to find a way that I can potentially help them uh, gain some airspeed and altitude a little bit more quickly in life. 
And as I kind of reflect back on, you know, what have been the trials, tribulations in my own life, and then also, you know, watching uh, young men and women uh, have, you know, potential stumbling blocks, what are the things I could do to potentially help this generation and the next generation? It has to do with, you know, things I'd like to be involved in, in helping them, uh, you know, kind of get financially healthy or uh, kind of laying out their plans a little bit sooner in life. It's interesting. We over at the uh, the Ranger Regiment, they're 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 trying to to put together a study to see if they can uh, put in place mitigating factors uh, to um, uh, to help young men and women maybe not make uh, such or take part in high risk behavior, if you will. And you know, I'm alluding to drinking and that that sort of thing that that sometimes are our younger folks uh, get involved with. And I think it's only natural with a, a group of, of folks who, who tend to be very, very active and very aggressive and, and love to, uh, to get out and, and uh, you know, and, and do things on their off time that, you know, potentially they are falling into some of these traps. But um, one of the things that I want to try to do is, is potentially put together some financial education with these, these young folks and maybe by virtue of them, you know, making healthier decisions about where they're putting their finances, they are just naturally going to gravitate away from, you know, maybe hanging out at the bar, or if they do hang out at the bar, uh, you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna spend as much money in, in there, knowing that they need to, to conserve their resources and put those in the right places. Definitely. And, and what a great cause. And I would even tie that back to this, this sort of centralized sense of purpose, because someone's finances or the money is really just a resource. Um, so in the context of, hey, this is what, what I'm doing with my life or my purpose, do my resources support that? Um, and it's been said that if you want to know where someone's heart is, you should look at their calendar and their checkbook. Um, and that's ultimately what it is, even if people don't necessarily think of it that way until it's sort of brought to their attention. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that, that too, uh, you know, I've, I, again, I've had the opportunity to work with just a phenomenal group of individuals over there. And, uh, I, you know, even, even given the, uh, um, the opportunities I've had in the organization, I, I by no means think that, uh, well, first of all, my life philosophy is no one person is more important than another. Um, and the contributions, especially on a, in an organization, I, I think you could say the same. There's no one position there that's going to be more important than another, but, with these, uh, these young guys and gals that go out and, you know, when, when bad things do happen to them and, you know, they have these life-changing events and I'm referring to injuries that, that they sustain, you know, that's the other part that uh, I absolutely want to be there for those guys and gals when, when they need help. I've, you know, one of my, one of my primary functions um, as a DCO uh, later on during my time in the regiment was, um, interacting with the, the families of the fallen and then interacting with our guys who have had very serious injuries, you know, losing limbs and whatnot. And, uh, I'll tell you, that's, that is the, that's the backside of, of what we do that I don't think that we off, we know about it, but, but it's kind of, it's nebulous. It's this, just this thing that we talk about, but when you, when you're constantly interacting with the uh, the families, it, it makes it very real, and you realize that, that uh, it has uh, there's huge huge consequences to what these these guys and gals are doing. And so I wanna I wanna try to position myself to be there 
to help these, you know, young men and women if if something catastrophic like that happens in their life. So, um, and, and there's a lot of opportunity for for people to, and it's not just financial, you know, it's 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 the moral support too. It's people, you know, reaching out and and, and uh, like for this next Veterans Day, um, one of the things I want to do is uh, I'm going to drive out to uh, San Antonio, Texas go to the uh, the center of the intrepid out there and just meet with some of the guys and gals who you know they've had these these huge events happen to them and and uh you know again they they're not going to go without uh, there's tremendous amount of organizations out there that are going to help these folks but i think also too we need to, to make sure that uh, in a very gracious way coming by and just you know reaching out and touching these folks and let them know that we're thinking about them well it's the it's the um, leadership focus and the community focus of, of people like yourself that have really fostered what is growing into um, a very necessary and, and increasingly um, strong, I would say, alumni network, maybe community within the Ranger Regiment and elsewhere, um, particularly in the veteran community and others where people can come together. Um, and there's a couple aspects. The first is help those that need help, just like we're talking about. Um, the other is maintain a level of identity, you know, even though that may not be in the military or in the Ranger Regiment or in another organization that they've left and, and gone back out into the community, but keeping those ties, keeping the sense of the identity, keeping that sense of purpose that they had in whatever organization that they were in, um, so that they, they don't feel lost or they haven't lost that purpose, they haven't lost that identity, and so they haven't lost the connection um, because I don't believe anybody is meant to go through life alone and that common bond that is developed can be kept and can be maintained, um, and then that community is strengthened both individually and in ways that can help each other when, when help is needed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, one of the things I've, I've talked about is just my observations being overseas, especially as a battalion commander and working in Afghanistan with some of the, some of the villages out in the, the rural area. And I'm not, this isn't meant to be pejorative toward any of those folks. I mean, uh, the reality is there are people just like us. Um, but one of the things that I've always noted over there that I could never seem to convey to them is that if they could put aside their differences even just in a, you know, the local level, if they could just put aside their differences and kind of pull together as a community, that things would be so much better. Um, but, but, you know, I found it impossible to get them to let go of some of the grievances that they would have between even just the villages. And I kept trying to compel them to do this so that they could kind of unite and be able to resist some of the outside influences that were coming in. And I walked away realizing that, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily unique to just there in Afghanistan. You know, I, I'm constantly looking around, even like, you know, in, in today, where we find, you know, everyone's pitted against each other, either you're red or you're blue. And depending on where you find yourself is how you read the news, right? You could read the same headline and both sides could could find, you know, it, it in their favor. Um, and it's unfortunate because I think that really truly for us to, to be able to progress, uh, we have to have, it starts with dialogue 
And it starts with everyone coming together and kind of realizing that, hey, look, uh, let's not be focused on our differences. Let's be focused on the objectives and the goals and let's figure out how to get there. And you're not going to do it by yourself. Like you said, you're not going to do it by yourself. It's got to be a community. Well said. Well, sir, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to share with us and uh, uh, really pour into um, the concept of servant leadership and uh, giving back. Do you have any uh, parting thoughts or, or parting wisdom? No, not really. I just, I would tell you that, uh, you know, I've, I've learned this over time that um, when you start worrying about yourself, when you start getting down on what you're, you're not able to accomplish or you get focused on what you're going to do, uh, I don't think that you're really going to meet your full potential. It's when you've got a true mission where you're supporting someone else or you're supporting an organization, that's where you find true power. And you're going to go a lot further down the road based on that than you will worrying about yourself. Brilliant. Well said. Folks, write that down. That's your uh, quote of the day. Um, and keep that in your pocket. So thanks a lot for joining us. All right. Thanks, Jeff.